Okay, welcome to episode seven. I am so bad. I looked this up before I started recording, and then Chrissy and I just recorded, and then I went back to do the intro. I want to say it's episode seven um, of That's Not a Bag of Trash. So this week, we um, are diving into the Gainesville Ripper, but first we're actually talking about the movie Scream, which um, was inspired by this case. So Chrissy and I both love Scream. We kind of talk about what we loved about Scream, why it's such a great movie. I just rewatched it. There's a new movie coming out for the 25th anniversary, I want to say, with a lot of the original cast. Um, so I'm really excited for that. But yeah, enjoy us talking about Scream and our love for all things 90s slashers and then going into the real story of um, what inspired this case or inspired the movie, the case that inspired it. All right. Thanks. Hello. Hello. Been so long. I know. I can't even remember the last time. So I was just looking it up. So I did one episode alone in April and then you and I recorded, I think in January. So it's been like, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, we plan on recording a lot over the past year. <laughs> we just haven't done it. Um, like multiple times a month, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess work is in our way and kids, but. Damn, damn life. I know. So I wanted to start this episode with talking about the movie Scream. Because one, you love it. I know because you posted about it on Facebook. So. Yes. And it's like one of my favorite movies ever. And so I'll just do a quick background on it. Um, So Scream came out in 96. So I was about, and I might be wrong with ages, but I think I was about 14 when it came out. You were probably 15, 16, maybe. 16. Yep. Okay. And so I don't remember whether I saw it in the movie theater or not. I think I did. And I don't know how I would have got in because my mom was like super strict and I don't know if she would have let me go see it. But I, I think, I do believe I saw it in the movie theater. And I know you did. You saw it with your dad, right? Yep. Yeah, we saw all of them together. That was like our thing. That yeah. and the, um, I know what you did last summer. Yes. Yep. Which I think came out the next year. Um, yes. Yeah. So Scream was like kind of the, the beginning of like bringing back like the 80s slasher movies, I guess. Like I feel like. There weren't a lot of good movies like after the Halloweens and Nightmare on Elm Street, which I think was more early 80s, even 70s. Um, so I guess I'll just start with like, did you so before you saw Scream, did you watch like, did you like scary movies? Did you go to scary movies all the time? Like, what kind of movies I, did you watch back then? I did. Um, a couple that come to mind were or are that I watched back then are um, Candyman. Oh, yeah. Yep. Did you ever watch that one? I love that yep. one. Um, and then the other one was When a Stranger Calls. I never saw the original, but I think they did a remake like 10 years ago that I saw. Yes, they did. They did. The original, I, I want to say the original was maybe even the 70s. It was one of my mother's favorite, um, favorite movies. But it that the original was freaky as hell like it made you really think because you know especially when you're baby a teenager and babysitting age and you could be babysitting a kid and someone could be hiding in the closet um so those are like my two favorite the the I obviously saw you know Nightmare on Elm Street 
and the Halloweens. And I think Halloween I liked better than Nightmare on Elm Street. That one just, I don't know. I never was into like the fake. I think Candyman was like the only fake, scary, gory type of thing that got me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I liked more the reality things that could really happen. Granted, I'm sure the Kruger out there, but had he not looked like he did, it would have been more scary. Yeah. So we, I never, I have, I don't believe I've ever watched Nightmare on Elm Street. My brothers used to torment me with Freddy Krueger, like to the point where I, like Paul wanted to watch it like last week. And I was like, I won't, I refuse to watch it because like, he still like gives me like, like, oh, he just, something about him was so scary. His voice, the way he looked. And um, yeah, it was just, I, I agree. Like I, I like um, I like all types of scary movies. I feel like I usually would watch more of like psychological scary movies, like where there's serial killers or like I do like things with ghosts, but not if it gets like demonic. Possessive. Then I, yes. Yeah, yeah. Then I get then I'm like, I don't like this anymore. But, but I like I will, it like if there's ghosts. I will say Poltergeist. That was another one. I completely forgot about that one that I did like. Yes, so Poltergeist, yes, but I don't like The Exorcist. No. Like, that's to me where I, like, draw, like, something about having someone possessed, like, that, like, does it in for me. So, like, same with, like, Paranormal Activity. I love that one. I think that one's so, like, crazy and, oh, that's so, that's a newer one. So, that one's a good one. I mean, newer in the last 10 years. Um, So, I did. that's my problem. Let me just stop you real quick. Yeah. Since I gave birth, I was big into these scare movies. Loved them all the time, obviously. And it was my thing, like, with my dad. Um, but once I had kids, it all changed. Yeah. I don't know why. It's definitely, well, it's different because you have different worries. And it's, um, yeah, it obviously it hasn't stopped me from watching scary things. But I do, like, there's not many movies that, for me, that compare to Scream. Like, I feel like I've tried to watch new slasher type movies that are trying like that one I told you about on Netflix that to me is a ripoff of Scream and it was you know it was good enough like we're like yeah it was okay but it wasn't like it wasn't great something about Scream was just I don't know amazing and I even like I I don't know if it's like a nostalgia thing but like I felt like it still held true today like I was still like oh that's a great movie yeah it's like it's corny and it has silly parts but it's like it still was a good movie yeah so I agree I think breaking down Scream, like, I was, like, I was trying to take notes, and then I just started watching it, so I really only have kind of notes from the beginning, but, like, I think a few things that were, like, amazing about Scream was, the first thing is, it's kind of, it's making fun of scary movies, like, you know that from when when you see the trailer, like, they're talking about the rules of how to survive in a scary movie, because it's all true, you know, like, you can't drink, you can't have sex, you can't be, like, a bimbo, you, like, they always do the wrong thing, and you're, like, oh, it's all just so obvious and true, and then, of course, people do it in that movie, which is why it's kind of funny and ironic. But I think the biggest thing is, like, it starred Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox, who at that time, like, both of them were in, like, Courtney Cox was in Friends, Nev Campbell was in Party of Five. But those, like, weren't huge shows yet. Like, this was, like, 95. I think both of those shows came out in 94. So they were, like, kind of in the beginning of their, you know, of getting popular. So they yeah. were, like, you know, they were TV stars, really. And Drew Barrymore was, like, the only person who was, like, that you really knew in that movie. So I think, like, what really shocked everyone is that they killed her in the first scene. And you're like, what? Like, because you wouldn't expect that. You'd think she was going to be the star of the movie because she was the big name tied to the movie. But, you know, I thought that was, like, I I just remember being like, oh, my God. 
I forget that she's in it. Yeah. To be yep, honest, she's... I really, I'm like, oh, they when they the new one came out and they mentioned Drew Barrymore like reenacting her scene or something in an article. And I was like, oh, I completely forgot she wasn't even in that. Yep. She was in it for like 10 minutes. So, and um, yeah, I just think that was just, it was just crazy because people are like, you know, you don't expect that happening. And I think, I actually want to say, and I'd have to look back and like at the old posters. I feel like on the original Scream posters, there were ones with her like front and center. So you thought she was a star, like before people knew that she dies right away. Yeah. So um, I actually just Googled it and it is her. You can see. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so funny. And so then, of course, I always look up how old people are. So she was pretty young when she, I think she was like 25 when she did that movie. So she's, you know, she was younger, but she was obviously a big name because she has been acting since the 80s. So it was just, yeah, it was crazy that they killed her off. Um, And yeah, I think everything about a scream just kind of worked for me. Like, I think it was, it had like enough slasher stuff. um, And I like, I was kind of doing some research as I watched it with Paul the other, like this weekend, because like, there is one point where you're like, you're trying to make sense of why they're doing things. Like you get their motive, you know, because Billy, who is her boyfriend's mom and his mom was, or I'm sorry, his dad was having an affair with her mom. Mm-hmm. And that's why his mom left them. And so that's what you kind of find out. Like that's his motive. And then Stu, who is Matthew Lillard's ca- character, he kind of just goes along with everything. I think that, you know, his friend says and like disagrees to do things which is like just like I feel like that could be like a whole different like their relationship could be studied in like different cases yeah. that we've seen you know just yeah. like and people even suggest that like he was in love with them and that's like all new stuff but like even just the fact like um how do you get how do people it seems far-fetched how does someone get somebody to agree to do this with them but then if you like look back at actual cases like the Manson murders or the case in New Hampshire where those four boys um broke into a house, killed the mom and like almost killed the daughter, which is a case I actually do want to cover because it's a crazy one, but it's like really haunting. So that one is just like, how do these, how do these ringleaders convince people to do that? Yeah. There was just one case I want to say it was Florida. I just read it yesterday. The kids were, um, were arrested all six under six, 16 and under there's three of them, one boy, two girls, and they murdered a 15 or 14 year old because he had sex with another kid. Like right there, yeah. It was all because the boy wanted it, and the girl, the girls followed. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's crazy. It does happen. Yeah, it's it's scary how like susceptible teens are to this type of thing. Um, I forget where I even was going with this train of thought. So I think no, that's fine. No, it's no, it's good. I want to talk about other pieces because I feel like when I was watching it, I was like kind of taking the notes, like why it's interesting. Oh, this is where I was going. So I was reading about. The thing that was bothering me about the movie and rewatching it, I was like, why did they kill the principal? Like, it just seemed like it was, you know, like the reason they killed Drew Barrymore and her boyfriend was because Stu dated Drew Barrymore before he dated, um, God, I'm, I really should have had the character names in front of me, His the blonde girl that he was dating. Um, hold on. This is going to bother me because I feel like I need to use Rose, the right uh, name. Tate, was it? Yeah, Tate. Tatum. Tatum. Yes, yeah. Rose. Yeah. Um, forget her name Rose McGowan McGowan yeah 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 so they they were dating and then supposedly according to you know in the movie they say that oh she dumped you 
for Steve. And he said, Oh, no, no, I dumped her for Tatum, you know, but obviously it was the opposite. So that's why they she was targeted. And then obviously Nev Campbell's targeted because of the mom stuff. And then, you know, you're just trying to piece together why why they do certain things. So in one sense, it makes sense they killed the principal because they wanted to get it basically happens when they're at this party, which Mm -hmm. this is also another side because I was trying to read a lot of background on the movie. The party scene is 48 minutes of this movie and it took them I want to say like 18 days to film it and it was just like you know that's like a grueling schedule just for one scene obviously it's a huge scene but like when you think of the movie you're like oh my god so much of the scene does take place at Stu's house at this party that they're having like of that movie which is crazy um so they basically the principal gets killed and then it gets announced that he's like at on the football field or whatever so everyone leaves the party so i think that was kind of the motive behind that was to get people to leave the party but when i was digging in more it really was that when they presented it to the studio i think they probably presented the first half or they had some cut of it they wanted they needed another death because there's like a big break between anything really happening there's a lot of suspense but you don't know who does it who's behind it but no one gets mm-hmm. killed like from the beginning till that last scene so that's why they had the principal get killed because they wanted another body count, basically, which is just crazy. Really? Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Like, I love reading all this. Like, I love movies and how it gets made and all that stuff. So I thought that was that was kind of cool that they, um, yeah, that's like, there's more. Re- I mean, it makes it does make sense, but it, it doesn't make sense on why they like, they didn't have anything like against the principal. Basically, there wasn't really a big motive there. Which is yeah, also well, like until what... you just said that, I never even thought about the fact that they never said a reason why they killed him. Yeah. Yep. They just, yeah. And, you know, I think the theory is like just to get, again, everybody out of the party because they're on, you know, they're on lockdown. They have to, everything has to be closed by 10 and they're at Stu's house and they have to, they're basically all taking their cars. And then it's just left Nev Campbell's there with the two killers and then the reporter. Um, you know, and I feel like everyone else who gets killed, it makes sense because they're in the way. They're, you know, digging and finding more stuff out about things. Um, so, yeah, I just, yeah, I thought that was interesting. And then I was remembering as I was watching this that I forget if it was college or actually, I think it was my college psych class. We had to write, um, I believe it was psych. It actually, I also took a movie class in college, so it could have been that. But we basically had to write about um, a topic in movies. And I feel like I did violence in movies and how it affects um, people in real life. And one of the lines that I always remember from Scream that Billy says at the end is that um, movies don't create psychos, that movies make psychos more creative. And I feel like that was like kind of my tagline of my whole thing because, you know, movies, you can't blame, you know, we're always blaming movies and media for things and music and whatever, you know, all the different bad things that happen, they need someone to blame. But it isn't, you know, movies aren't making these people crazy. People are crazy to begin with. But it's not that, you know, it could certainly be feeding and influencing people. There are, you definitely hear of cases. I actually just thought of one and it just slipped my mind which one I was going to go with. But there's a case of, it might have even been Slenderman, which was not a movie, but it was, you know, like that internet thing. And then these girls like believed in it and claimed that Slenderman told them to kill their friend. And I think the girl lived in the end, but it was stabbed multiple times, like yeah. hundreds yeah. of times. And actually, she may have died. I think she was t- stabbed over 40 times. I'd have to look it up and get the exact notes. But stuff like that. But it is true. It's like these type of movies, they do. People get 
ideas. We know there are crazy copycat people out there, but I just remember anyway, when I was rewatching it, it was making me think of my paper about you well, know, you, how does movies and violence, how do they, do they affect one another? Well, you got to be crazy in order to think that stuff is okay to do in the first place. Yes. You know what I yes. mean? So yeah, I definitely yeah. think like you said, it makes them more creative, but it doesn't create them. Exactly. So that is, I mean, that's kind of like in a nutshell why I love Scream. Again, I just think it, it was such a good movie. It's, you know, it's funny, but it's scary. And it's the actors are also great. And I'm like, really excited to see a new one coming out, even though I think I don't believe I saw all four. I think I only saw Scream one, two and three. I don't remember. You don't need to. I've been okay. trying to figure that out. I can't. And let me is there four? Let me I'm gonna check right now. See if there, even is. there is. Okay. There is. Um, there is from 2011. Okay. Yeah. So and that was the thing I I want to say I did see it, but I can't really remember it. Yeah, I, I know. It, I definitely saw two. Yes, two I was saw college. Th- and, and three I, was when they're making the movie of it yes. called Stab. Yep. Yep. And then so. four is looking it up right now because I got the computer. Four is. Let's see what do they say about Scream Four here? It's um, what is what is it saying here? American Sasha film directed. Not saying premiere. Okay. Not given the plot. Okay, here we go. Fifth maybe fifteenth anniversary massacre. Yep. And that does sound familiar that they celebrate that. And uh Sydney Prescott returns to Woodsboro to promote her self help book. Um with the help yeah, of definitely. her publicist, Rebecca Walters. Um she becomes a suspect in the murder and must stay in town until they until they are solved, until the murders are solved. Her cousin, and this is where I don't remember, her cousin, Jill Roberts, who is coping with the infidelity of her ex-boyfriend, Trevor Sheldon, gets a threatening phone call from Ghostface and does her friends and neighbors, um, and so does her friends and neighbors, Olivia Morris. And then it goes on to like, you know, they're the, they're the, uh, they're the victims. But I, I, and that the part, the whole beginning I remember, but the, the rest of that I don't. See, so I, I definitely, I'll, I don't remember I any of this. Yeah, definitely. We need to watch this and see if, like, talk about it next week, hopefully, when we remember to record another episode. Um, it has, I'm looking at, like, who's in it. It has a ton of people, like Lucy Hale's in it, Anna Paquin, who was from True Blood, Kristen Bell. It has, um, Allison Brie, who I can't place, I know I've seen her in a lot of things. And then it has Hayden Panateri, or however you say her last name. And Emma Roberts, which is funny because Emma Roberts, and I'd have to look, I didn't didn't see the Scream show either, but Emma Roberts is in Scream, the MTV show, which I've never watched either. No, Um, I haven't watched that either. I watched like one episode and I just wasn't into it. Yeah, it's Scream, that's called Scream Queens. And I think it's, I thought it was based on this, but I'm actually not even sure if it's like based on the same scream or not. That's another thing I probably should look at. So, <laughs> but I probably should have done more research. This is why we never record because I never have my research ready. Um, 
so all of this came about last week because you posted about the movie. And then as I was looking at the trailer for the new Scream that's coming out, I saw there's a thing that came out on Oxygen, which I follow on Instagram, about the actual case. Like what what inspired um, the writers, who I forget who the writer is. It's not Wes Craven's the director, but I forget who the writer is. Um, but what inspired him to to write the story? And it was based on a 1990s case of the Gainesville Ripper, they called him. So I can just quickly tell you about that case. I know you did some research, so if I miss anything, just let me know. Um, but it basically is this guy, Danny Rowling, or Daniel Harold Rowling. He uh, was born in 1954. He was convicted of, actually, I'm sorry, he confessed to killing eight people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was convicted of killing five people. So he, there's three other people that, for whatever reason, he wasn't tried for. Which was um, the first three he killed, ironically. Yes. Yep. So he was born in Shreveport, Louisiana, which as a complete aside, is that where Britney Spears is from? Because for some reason that town sounds familiar to me. I didn't. No, 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 no. But it is Louisiana. But it's okay. not that. Now you're going to make me okay. Google it. Jeez. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I figured if anyone would know, you might know this. So, yeah. So he was born in Shreveport. I don't really know much about Shreveport, but it's Louisiana. So, I mean, I guess I can make some assumptions. It's, you know, it's the South. Um, he, his dad was abusive and he was, his dad was a cop um, and basically Kentwood. told. Sorry, okay. Britney Spears. That's okay. Kentwood. <laughs> okay. I don't know why I've heard of Shreveport, but okay. Um, so his dad was a cop and basically told his son, Daniel, that he wasn't wanted, like, since birth like he basically constantly would tell this poor I mean poor I'm using poor loosely because he's a child at the time but that he you know you're not wanted you're never wanted um he abused his mother and abused his brother um his mother had gone to the hospital um because his dad had tried to make her cut herself with a razor blade um so his mom yeah it's it's really fucked up so his mom had tried to leave the dad numerous times but just always returned you know it's just it's it is it's really really sad but it it does help to kind of see like all right how how do people get this way and dads like this will do that to you um not that it's I'm excusing any of it but it's like yeah that's that's a horrific childhood to endure um yeah yeah exactly so as he grew up he was arrested uh several times for some robberies in Georgia and then he would um he was caught a few times spying on women, which like, if you read a lot about these cases, this is like kind of how it starts is with people being peeping toms. Um, and so that, that kind of started his early teenage, young adult, like young twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had just a really hard time. Um, and I'm going to say this word wrong because I'm looking at it and it's already making me nervous to say it. Assimilating. <laughs> is that right? Assimilating into yeah, the public. Assimilating. Okay. Yep. Um, he couldn't hold down a steady job. So he, you know, he's worked as a waiter. He worked at all different jobs, but he just would constantly just, you know, be leaving jobs and getting fired. Um, so in May of 1990, so he is, let's see if he's 54, he's like in his 30s at this time. He attempted to kill his dad um, during a family argument and his dad lost his eye and an ear. So pretty bad stuff. 
um, obviously stabbed him or whatever to do all that. Um, and so this is May of 1990. So now we're going to go to his, the actual killings. So we're in August of 1990. And so it's, August is obviously students are moving into colleges and it's, you know, the beginning of your, you know, whatever, college, basically. Um, And this all occurred around the University of Florida. Um, One student was from a different college called Santa Fe College. Um, So basically he would um, start by, so I'll go to the first one. On Friday, August 24th, he broke into an apartment that was shared by 17-year-old freshman Sonia Larson and uh, her roommate Christina Powell. Uh, sorry, Powell. And Powell was sleeping downstairs on the couch, and so he stood over her for a little bit, and then he went upstairs to let her sleep, basically, um, and found Larson was sleeping. So he ended up murdering her. He taped her mouth shut so she wouldn't scream, and then ended up basically stabbing her to death. Um, and she was she did wake up and was trying to fight him off, um, but she was killed. He then went back downstairs, did the same thing to Powell, but also bound her wrists together, um, threatened her with a knife, basically took, you know, ripped her clothes off, raped her, which is awful, and then had her lay down face down on the floor and stabbed her in the back. Um, and so she also um, died from her injuries. He then stays in the apartment and takes a shower. So you're like, weird. <laughs> yeah, like insanely weird. And I think one thing that stands out to me, because we'll see this again, is that he has her go face down because which tells me that he like he's crazy enough, but he he knows what he's doing because he doesn't want to look at the person in their face. You know, like yeah, he obviously remorse. knows what he's doing. Yeah, he knows he obviously feels something. Um, yeah. So then the next day, which is crazy. He broke into another apartment. Um, this time it's an 18-year-old Krista Hoyt. And um, both times he pried open the sliding glass door uh, with some kind of knife and a screwdriver. So just as a complete aside, when you have a sliding glass door, always put the little, put the piece of wood in it. I always have that to just double lock it because I feel like they're very easy to pry open. Um, yeah. Like you always hear of it. So um you would Krista think they not... come with those automatically, those wooden so, things. I think things. they do. I think some of oh, them really? do have, yeah, they do sometimes. So, um, but yeah, you need that extra something. <laughs> um, so she wasn't home, but instead he just waited in her living room for her to come home, which is just absolutely creepy. And this reminds me, so where, like you and I had talked before we did this. I know I keep going back and forth, but it's... um. Like, we're like, oh, this is so loosely, like, very loosely based on Scream. Obviously, this is not the same. It's more the idea of a town being in fear about this happening. But this reminds me of when when Sydney first, like, the second scene after they know that there's a killer and he comes to her house. But he's in her house when she's, because she hears a noise, and then she takes a nap, and then she wakes up, like, hours later, and he's been in her house the whole time. So this kind of reminded yes. me of that. Like, so he's in the house waiting. Um waiting for this girl. Um, okay, I just lost my place in my notes. So he, so she ends up coming home, she enters her apartment, and this is at 11am, which is just like another thing that just absolutely scares the shit out of me. You know, like, it's not nighttime, it's in the morning, you know. And yeah. um, 
So he ended up uh, putting her in chokehold. And then I'm not going to keep saying what he does because he does the same things to people, but does the same thing to her that he did to the last girl. Um, and then he leaves and he uh, goes back. He has a campsite that he lives in, I guess. And he forgot his wallet, he realizes, when he gets back to his campsite. Because <laughs> you bring that when you go to Murray. I know, you know, right? So he goes back. Um, he basically mutilates the body. I'm not going to get into details again because it's just disgusting. Um, and then he leaves again. So now these murders are obvious. This is two days in a row, you know, two different apartments. This is three victims now. So the town is like extremely on edge as it should be. Um, you know, they have all the people, you know, all the college students are staying in groups. Some people are not even, they're pulling out of college. Like I think school probably had started for, I'd guess probably for um, people who are doing sports at this time, like usually school's late August. So you know, people still had time to basically say, screw that, I'm not going. And there's a bunch of people who unenrolled just due to this because they did not want to go to. I would. The, I would too. Oh my God. There's, yeah, you couldn't pay me to go there. Um, so they, you know, everyone's changing their daily routine. They're sleeping together in groups. Um, but yeah, again, I'm people, sorry. Yeah. Sleeping. I mean, yeah, that's their excuse. Oh yeah, because of the murders. <laughs> we all, all the guys are like, we all need to sleep together. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would have been the idiot in college. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> I'll be in the yeah. Can we snuggle? Sure. Um, so yeah, that people were taking precautions, whatever way they were choosing to take precautions. Um, so yeah. So people uh, either withdrew their enrollment or transferred to other schools. So um, the next victim is Tracy Pauls, who's 23. She lived with her roommate, Manny, um, Taboda, who was also 22, uh, sorry, 23. So this is Monday, August 27th. So this is two days later. So this is literally a weekend of all this stuff happening. Um, he broke into their apartment, same thing, pried the glass door. Um, he killed uh, the boy first, who was asleep in one of the bedrooms. And then he, the girl, um, whose name I just, Tracy, heard the commotion, went downstairs to see what was happening. And she tried to barricade herself in her bedroom, but he broke through the door, did the same thing exactly, like exact same thing they did to the other two girls. Um, so with that, now we're up to five victims, basically. So with the exception of um, Manny, all the other victims were petite Caucasian brunettes with brown eyes. So I don't know. Again, oh, that's me. <laughs> yeah. And yes, you. And me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I, you don't, I don't know if he, if he handpicked them, you know, was he watching them? Was he planning it? Did he just happen to, you know, it's a college town. So I'm sure any apartment near the college that you're breaking into is bound to have younger people, you know? So I'm sure he yeah. knew that, but I don't, again, I don't know if he picked out his victims or if it even says if he did or not. But this was um, day after day too. So it wasn't like, I mean, had he been watching them, it would have to have been prior, like before, yeah. you know, yeah, before he started them, the page. Exactly. And I didn't even look, which I meant to look, um, on a map, like, where they were, like, in proximity to each other. Was it, like, one complex? Was it, like, all over the oh, campus? Yeah. I'm not even sure. Um, so, basically, the police, at first, they don't really have um, very many leads. But they did have two suspects. Um, one was a University of Florida student who had a history of mental illness. 
he had um, scars on his face from a car accident. And so the sad part about this is they showed this poor kid's face like all over the news. Um, so it's like, even though this guy had nothing to do with this and like he has mental illness, he was, you know, he's kind of basically was one of their prime suspects at the time. And yeah, he's all over the news. So, I mean, I can't even imagine being that poor guy because obviously he didn't do it. Um, yeah. And then the other suspects, they don't really talk about who he was. But he ended up being cleared of everything um, after they arrested um, Rawlings. So let's see. Um, so while this is happening, the Louisiana police um, alert the Florida authorities to an unsolved triple murder in Shreveport in November of 1989. So about seven months before this happened. Um, or more, because I can't math, like 10 months, whatever. <laughs> this, is, this is August, November, the year before. Um, so the detectives did note that there's similarities. Um, so in that murder, it was a 55-year-old and his 24-year-old daughter and their eight-year-old grandson, which is awful. Um, yes. They were preparing for dinner and were attacked. Uh, Julie's body who's the daughter was also mutilated it was cleaned and posed which is always disgusts me that people do that um so it just it had very you know I think the break in the time of day the fat the way that he posed things um seemed to be prevalent in all of his um all of his murders so they kind of connected it but like we said he was never tried for these three so I'm wondering if they didn't have enough um enough evidence, evidence. yeah so let's see. Ba, ba, da, da, da. So Don Maines, who's the investigator on the case, um, he goes to Shreveport to kind of see if the murders are connected. Um, he said that the match to evidence um, was a revelation in the case because it basically kind of helped them identify, you know, it would be someone who is either from Shreveport or Florida, kind of someone who's been in both places, obviously, is always a good connection for cops. Um, so let's see. Um, I'm, I keep moving my screen and missing my notes. I'm sorry. Um, so where am I? So he went there. So, a sh okay, here we go. This is the tip. A Shreveport resident called Cindy Jorosic. Yeah. I'm so bad with that, with last name, so I'm sorry. Sure, it sounds right. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> thought that Danny Rowling was possibly connected to the murder in both cities. Um, so three months earlier, she heard the news report of a string of murders, um, and she traveled as she traveled through the Florida panhandle. So the report made her think of Danny Rowling, who she met in her Louisiana hometown church, and his possible link to these three Shreveport murders. Um, mm -hmm. So Rowling had, I guess, said super disturbing things to her and her husband. Um, they would have him over every night and for dinner. Um, and then her husband just finally said, like, he, he can't come over anymore. He has to go. Um, I think he just, whatever he said was obviously um, extremely, just, ex oh, it actually says what he said. So he what told I, the husband yeah. that, <laughs> did you read it? Yeah, yeah I was going to say he, what I read. It was that he likes to, uh, people? Yes. Yes. Like Which, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that, that would note, disturb like, me if I heard it. <laughs> Yeah. And he went on to say that he's going to leave and go where girls are beautiful and he can lay in the oh, sun yeah, that's right. and watch beautiful women all day. 
So yeah, like you're pretty much confessing and laying out what you're what you're planning on doing. Um, so I think when she heard about that, she finally just had to contact the police because it was like it was just too weird. And it's like the fact that he did leave and go somewhere where you know it's sunny, it's in Florida. So um, the luckily the investigators responded to the tip quickly. They found him. He was arrested on September seventh, which is I mean that's extremely quick. Um, he was actually arrested uh, robbing a, super, a supermarket. So, um, and that was committed 10 days after the last murder was committed. So he was held in jail um, just south of Gainesville. And they um, were able to determine that he had uh, B blood type, which is the same blood type as the murder suspect in both the murders. So, um, Basically, once the investigators realized he had multiple convictions for armed robbery, they um, they realized that he was also responsible for a bank robbery that occurred on the day that Krista Hoyt's body was found. So they basically returned to the evidence locker um, where the gun, the screwdriver, and the bag of money and cassette player had been stored, and they found um, matching marks left at the Gainesville murder scenes, which matched the tools that they had um, from the other robbery. And then Which is weird been, that yeah. there was a gun because he never used any of that. I know. Like, I know. Yeah. To me, I think that would be like the first thing. Just show that and everyone would be like down and okay, you can do whatever you want. Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I just um, found that really odd. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And again, maybe he used to use that for the bank robbery. I don't know. He's obviously sick and he, well, as he told everybody, he likes to stick knives into people. So that's why he <laughs> yeah. went that route. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. Um, true. Yeah. So they, you know, they went to his, um, his camp cause he was camping out in the woods, which also reminded me, I always go back to my childhood. There used to be some guy who just, and not that he was creepy, but some guy who just always lived in the woods, like off of our, the exit, the 95 exit. And like a small plot of woods, but I'm like, who got like, who just lives in the woods? And like, I feel like kids are always like fascinated by it, but I'm like, why would you want to go check, you know, check that yeah. out? Like, so random, like just some homeless guy living in the woods. But, so this guy lived in the woods, but he had audio diaries that he had made. And he alludes to basically all the crimes in these audio diaries. So obviously he like, I mean, a small part of him wanted to be caught, I would guess. I mean, cause he's telling people what he wants to do and he's, you know, recording or I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, that so, just opens up to his, his multiple personality too. Yes. <laughs> yes. So the trial um, takes place four years later. And this kind of goes back to scream where, you know, what is his motive? And his motive is that he wants to be a superstar similar to Ted Bundy. Um, so again, it's, you know, people get, people like this, they do, they want to be famous for, you know, I, I feel like we talked about it when we talked about the school shootings, you know, people wanted to be Columbine's, like what these shooters want to repeat, you know, they want to be bigger than Columbine. So it's like, once we start giving, and not as I'm saying this, I'm like, this is exactly what we're doing. But once you start reporting on this, and you know, making it more popular, bringing attention to it, these people are getting exactly what they want. Right. So which is crazy. So um, he was diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder, borderline personality disorder, and paraphilia, which I'm not actually sure what paraphilia means. And I'm going to click on it. 
what are the, I mean, aren't the other two? Sexual deviation. Yes. Yep. Yeah. The other two are, and now I just lost it. I mean, antisocial, I think, is more about not being, you know, not knowing how to, as it said earlier, he doesn't really know how socialize, to socialize with yeah. people and socialize. Yeah, that's true. Borderline personality I mean, disorder. Like a real disorder, though. Yeah, that is, borderline personality is, it's along the same lines where you're, you don't have good interpersonal relationships. And I mean, honestly, why would you, based on your childhood? But just as a complete aside, it makes me wonder, like, how his brother turned out. Because his Me brother too. was being abused. Um, it didn't say that he was abused. It said that his mom and his brother were, which is also interesting. Um, yeah. Unless I misread that. Um, no, I thought the same thing. And that's, I was like, I wonder if, because sometimes in situations like that, for whatever reason, I've noticed um, like a parent, abusive parent pick one kid. It's either all of yeah. them or it, oftentimes there is just one that they just do. And I don't get it. I don't know what it is, but they just don't like them. I don't know. It's really sad. It's, yeah. It's so that could have been the case here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he was, um, Florida has a death penalty, or it did then. I believe it still does. It's Florida. Um, he was executed in 2006 um, by lethal injection, pronounced dead. 613 on October 25th so almost well it's the 28th not quite the day um he did apologize I mean he did apologize he did confess and he did say that he was responsible for the Shreveport murders of the Grissom family um I guess he does apologize but you know I mean that doesn't do any good I'm sure to the families so um so the legacy of this is Here's the name, which I was looking for. Kevin Williamson is one who wrote Scream. And this is what, you know, you heard about this case. And this is what inspired him to write Scream. Um, And then there's a bunch of different things on. I actually meant to watch some stuff on YouTube about it. There's a bunch of different interviews. Discovery Channel did something on it. Um, The Nightmare. There's a show called Nightmare Next Door, which covers him. Um, I mean, there's 2020 did one. Yep, 2020 did something. And then, um, actually, they just did one recently. That was this year. So I'm wondering if it's because of the new movie coming out, just kind of revisiting. Um, And then it says that, just, I don't know why they even add this, but on death row, uh, Rollings wrote songs and poems and drew pictures. Um, And you can find his works and their example at, they're referred to as an example of murderbilia. So people can buy like these pictures. I know that people have pictures that John Wayne Gacy painted. Um, so that's interesting. But yeah, so he, yeah, apparently he has all this, these poems and stuff that you can read. I don't know why you'd want to, but <laughs> yeah, so that is, I mean, that's pretty much it, which is yeah, he's crazy. He's a crazy guy. So <laughs> that is just awful. And I will say, like you said, it's very loosely based. Obviously, Scream's loosely based on it. But I mean, again, I can't imagine like if that was going into freshman year of college. Oh, God. I couldn't even imagine. Hold on. I'm getting feedback. And I don't know if it's my headphones. 
Yeah, yeah I am too, too actually. actually. Why? All right, well, we can wrap it up anyway. So that's really, and I keep getting dinging. Do you hear that dinging? Yeah, yeah what's that? that? I don't know. <laughs> this is the worst podcast. <laughs> Good thing we have 10 listeners. <laughs> and it's probably me and you. Um, yeah so that again I think this case is um, it's just great yeah it's crazy I was shocked I hadn't I think maybe I had heard of it but forgot about it Um, so I don't know I don't know what we want to talk about next week I know we were going to do Gabby Petito and then we kind of shied away because I think there's just so much out there and it's still ongoing Um, and then we thought about maybe talking about some cases similar to that Although I almost like, and I know this podcast is going all over the place, but I kind of like things that are movies that are based on actual crime and just kind of, yeah. then we can talk about both. Um, I like we that. We come up, come up with another one. I have a few, like Silence of the Lambs is based on a couple of murders. Um, one of them I just listened to on, um, what is it? What is her name? The one you suggested on Facebook. Hmm. Bailey. Oh, yes. I love her. Yes. I just yes. Uh, listened to one of the ones that Science of the Lamb was based off of. Oh, I'll have to watch it. She's awesome. Yes, she is. She's so good. And so beautiful. I know. And knows how to do makeup. And I, it's very, yes. She's awesome. She's amazing. Um, yeah. So we'll come up with... Yeah, we can come up with those cases and dig into that. I don't know if I can sit through Silence of the Lambs again. I have a hard time with that movie. It really scares me. I can't even watch anything that Anthony Hopkins has done because I just go back to that character in my head. And he's an amazing actor, but I just can't. Like, he just, he scared me that badly. So, well, he did but, such a good, yeah. a good job with that one. It just what you associate him with. Yeah, yeah. But all right, well, great episode. Yes, I can't I'm wait. Glad, to I'm glad I moved my desk today that I face my front door now. So I feel a little bit better. Because <laughs> now I'm just like, the kids will be home soon, so that's good. <laughs> but you have to worry about the slider. That's I do. Me. I don't have, we don't have a slider here. Oh, you don't, Lucky? Yeah, we have, it opens, it doesn't slide. So yeah, just get it, just have Sean cut a piece of wood to throw in there. You'll be good. I'm lucky if it's locked. Yeah. No. <laughs> probably shouldn't put that out there <laughs> I know I just thought of that after I said it <laughs> all right well yes let's plan on recording next week sounds good we can do let's that do homework. <laughs> all right <laughs> all day. right talk soon you too yep bye bye